everyone. Welcome back to A Dose of AM. This is a new podcast for the week, and it's super exciting because I have my second guest ever. This is my longtime friend, registered nurse, ICU badass, Ian Campbell. We went to nursing school together back at Houston, um, at UT Health in Houston. We met in nursing school and we've been friends since. He has now taken on travel nursing and I thought he'd be the perfect person to bring on the podcast because we're like freaking frack. He's the peanut butter to my jelly, the yin to my yang. <laughs> All of that. He is about to take a new travel assignment out in Arizona. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Um, this podcast may get a little wacky, a little quirky but uh it's gonna be a lot of fun we're gonna talk all things travel nursing dating and travel nursing the title of this podcast is things they didn't teach you in nursing school so we're going to give you the inside scoop of what it's like to be first of all a nurse in the pandemic sticking our hands in places we never thought we'd stick our hands (laughs) uh, all the fun exciting things um i say fun and exciting the disgusting things that nursing has taught us. Uh, Ian, baby boy Ian, take it away, honey. What's up? Uh, so I've been, I've known Amory very <laughs> long. I feel like, I feel like, dude, because like we've known each other for like five years now, right? It's like we're going on five years, yeah. And I, oh, I, say, we, I think it's like once you reach seven years, it's like for life. Yeah, I mean. It already feels like for life though, dude. Because like we 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 met each other like 2018, you know that, Dang. right? Yeah, and you know um, how long ago August. that was, bro. So long ago. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it, but that was a rough time. Yeah. I want you to tell. Okay, so we go ahead and say all that, but I want you to tell them about your nursing school experience. Oh, dude, I was so dumb in nursing school, man. <laughs> like. And, you know, okay, I feel like you're going to disagree with everything I'm going to say, dude. But you were, like, one of the freaking smartest people I knew. No. It can, bro, okay, come on, dude. Like, I feel like I feel like if anyone could it take a test and get it with, like, flying colors, it was you. Like, you were, you were so freaking smart. You were freaking smart, man. And then Madison and Peyton, like, studying with you guys. I used to feel like I was so smart because I was, like, studying with you guys. I was like, oh, yeah, like we're gonna we're gonna pass and we're gonna I'm gonna get 100 and then everyone makes 100 I'm like 75 (laughs) we should pass yeah I know right C's get degrees I don't I don't I I I feel like I'm I disassociated nursing school I don't know we went I don't even know how I made it out a lot in nursing school oh boy did we was that just me no I think it was all of us man like, I feel like after every hard test, we, like, we just, like, went enraged. And... So, in nursing school, like, any holiday, any, any, we would have, mm-hmm. like, Christmas parties at me, Peyton, and Madison's house. Remember the Frequinox? Oh, yeah. The Frequinox was, I talked about the Frequinox in my other podcast, but that mm-hmm. was the apartment that me, Peyton, and Madison lived in that soon had a bat infestation that then... <laughs> We had had to get out of there, bro. That was bad. That was in the middle of like um, S1, which was my third semester, our third semester. Uh, We had to get out of there, dude. Yeah. I I remember like the funniest thing about like that that apartment was is like, I think the first time I met you guys, I walked in there and then 
I could just like smell the weed. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Well, not from <laughs> us. Not from us. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. No, no. It like, reeked. Reeked. Hold on. Grace is calling me right now. She's going to have to wait. She's always calling me during my podcast. Isn't Grace? You know, Grace is my manager now. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's nice. <laughs> Crazy. Does she love it? Yeah, she's actually kind of living for it because Grace has a very like type A personality and she like wants to see me win in life. So guys, my sister Grace is now taking over all my brand deals and social media business stuff because I parted with my brand company and obviously it's my sister and she wants to get me the best deals. So she's just like kicking it and it's been really fun. But Ian, tell us a little bit about you. Like, where are you from? Where are you travel nursed? What um, ICU you started and then all that good stuff. So I, like I graduated with you. Um, gosh, so I started in like a medical ICU. In Houston? Um, yeah, yeah. It's like I started in Houston in a medical ICU. Um, did COVID. Like I think like I started in February 2020. So it was like right whenever no one knew like what was going on in the world we just knew some virus and and then I failed my NCLEX so I started in July (laughs) right yeah (laughs) yeah and see that so for example that does not define who you are right Uh, now we know that we're on the up and up baby yeah yeah it only gets it only gets better I'm glad Um, I failed (laughs) but started there and then I did that for like a year and a half got burned out decided oh I want to go be a cath lab nurse and then I did that for like three months and that was oh, like I the forgot shortest... you did that yeah, How'd you that like was like the shortest lab? job I I mean I liked it because it was like different and then I realized I mean like the thing is I feel like once you've been a nurse for a while you got to realize that yeah like it's a calling or whatever and like you love your job but at the end of the day it's a hustle Bruh, is it a calling it's a or it's a hustle it a... Yeah. It's a hustle and you got to pay your bills, fam. So I was like, <laughs> wow, I can make so much more money if I go back to bedside working in the ICU. So that's what I did because everyone else is making their money through COVID. I was like, you know what? Like I have experience. Like I've been a nurse like a year and a half, two years or something like that, which is at that point more than enough. If I feel like if you've done COVID. I mean, in COVID times. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went back to ICU. I, like I left the cath lab, went back to ICU and then and this is like at like my home hospital and they're like paying me a lot of money just to do that so I was like okay cool and then I was like you know what like everyone's travel nursing I want to go and travel nurse so I went out to a hospital in East Texas and did like a short contract there and made good money and then I came home for a while I remember when you called me from that one job And you called me. I was in Arizona at that point with Olivia, and you were like, "Oh, that's right. This job, I'm getting (laughs) floated. I'm getting floated to telly every shift." (laughs) That's story of my life. Story of a travel nurse. You're always getting floated to different. Yes. So just, just, just have that expectation. It's gonna happen. Right, and I think that's like what I hate about it the most is I was like floating all the time, dude. And I was just like, dude, I'm not built for this. I don't know how these foreigners do it, and they're only giving me four patients while everyone else like has like five and six, which like in hindsight really was not that bad. And I should have just toughed it out, but whatever. Anyways, wait, but I have a side. Really- I have a question. Sorry to interrupt you. Do you think that most hospitals treat 
I'll give my opinion, but I want to hear yours. Uh, treat travelers poorly and give worse assignments to travelers. Um, Just so people so know like the whole vibe about it. I feel like it depends on if you research the hot, like it depends on like obviously like the culture of the hospital, like the one that I would like the first one I was at, like most definitely. Yeah. Cause like they I would used to get tripled in. Yeah. Like, I was tripled in the ICU with like three super sick patients and I'm like, dude, and everyone else Bruh. is like chilling and I'm like, Bruh, all right. Yeah. But like my other travel assignments were like super fair, you know? Yeah. So like, I, th- I think it just really like depends, you know? I've experienced a, a lot of fairness. Like I've experienced it been being very fair, but I have taken assignments at very protected unionized hospitals. So yeah. uh, when I was in Arizona and uh, Tucson, that hospital was not treating travelers nicely, but that I digress. Yeah, I've heard. I digress. Heard Anyways, go back to, your, so then you went, Oh, then you called me after your that assignment that was like really poor in Texas. And you were like, what should I do? And I'm like, do the Flagstaff job. Do it. Yeah. No, dude. I remember like I applied to like Flagstaff and then they offered me the next day later. And I was like, what do I do? And then I'm pretty sure you were the one who convinced me. You're just like, dude, just take it. Like, take it. Don't look back. Like, it could be, it could be the best thing or the worst thing ever. And it turned out like those five months in Arizona, I think were like some of the best like five months of my life just because I took like this risk I love it it's so beautiful but the thing is like you never know I feel like unless you take that like initial risk you know and just do it and say yes and I'm so happy I did it like Flagstaff has such a freaking like soft spot in my heart you know it's such a cool town too and it's um it gets the seasons and there's also, you know, the mountain right there that you can go yes. and, that and stuff. I also uh-huh. had heard a lot of good things. That's why I was encouraging of you to go to Flagstaff was because there's a, I heard a lot of good things about that medical center and how it was a good hospital. So that's why I was yeah. gunning for you to go. No, the hospital is super chill. Like, I'm not going to lie. I floated like two out of the three times a week and I was perfectly okay with it just because I was like, I feel like the mindset though, like being a traveler you have to get into is like, you're going to get floated and you just need to have a good attitude about like anything you do. Cause like you're there to help, like you're not a core staff, like just get over it. You're going to get floated and have a good attitude and like things will go your way. Like, like it's like, just like a staff nurse, you're going to have bad shifts. You're going to have good shifts, you know? Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about that. Um, and no matter but, what, you have to be there anyway. So it's like, might as well yeah. have a good attitude about it. It's like, you can sit there and pout the whole day, but that's not going to be good for anyone. Not good for you. Not good for your charge. Not good for your patients. Nope. Not good for anything. So it's like, just might as well just stick a smile on your face, fake it till you make it and don't resign Do the contract. Don't resign yeah. the contract and just get through it. My mom always tells me this. She's like, you can do anything for three months, anything yeah. for three months, like, Three months in the grand scheme of things is really nothing. At the end of the day, you're probably going to learn a lot from that experience. So you might as well just get through it and power through. So, Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it might be a long three months, but you'll still, like, it'll and go by You're going to be making a little day. bag. You're going to be making a little bag. Yeah, go make that coin, you know. <laughs> and then also, like, you can't get discouraged if you don't get a job right away. Bro, because see you right now. 
that has been like I think that's like the problem with like everyone right now is like I think nurses were getting paid so much money like the last like year like obviously like we have like expectations like if we're leaving our hometown moving away all this stuff but there's just not that many jobs out there like because I was in Houston like I had my tonsil surgery or whatever in July and like I just now found this contract and you know so it I've been waiting it's a rough market man I've been waiting for freaking like three months out in Hawaii, but also I will say I am being picky. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that either. I don't think. <sighs> I mean, my sister and I were talking and she was like, you need to have a set date. Well, it's not so much like being picky is the bad thing. It's like, I've just been out of work for so long. Like I don't want to lose skills. I've been out of the ICU, mm-hmm. like a real ICU for almost like a long time so it's like I don't want to lose vital skills but I remember talking to you about this which was like very it calmed my nerves a lot you were like Amory do you even want to be this badass ICU nurse to like go to CRNA school is that like is that what you want Mm -hmm. because I think I've like labeled myself like oh that's my training that's what I have to do but honestly I've become a really good PCU nurse yeah dude me too I'm not even gonna lie to you (laughs) like (laughs) I like my little nasal cannulas. Yeah. And you know, and like, it's so funny because, so I remember having this conversation with a traveler whenever I was in California. And um, I think she's been a nurse for like maybe like 10 years. Yeah, because you did a contract in Palm Springs too. Yeah. Yeah. And she, like, so she's been a travel nurse like eight years or just like whatever, nurse for a very long time. And, um, you know, we're like, she was giving me a report, whatever. And then we're like, you know, we're talking after I get a report. And she's like, man, like, I'll be honest, like, I'm at the point in my career where, like, I don't need, like, the sickest patient in the in the unit or in the hospital. She was like, give me, like, two memos, poop, poop in their pants every couple hours. Cool. That's great. Hitting the call light. Awesome. I would rather that than, like, two vents and everyone's on multiple drips because, like, when you think about it, it's, a, like, that's a lot of work. It is versus like two easier ICU patients, you know, and like because like especially as a traveler, I have nothing to prove. I like I can do it if you give it to I me. I feel like yeah, I feel like a lot of like being in the ICU as an ICU nurse is like having to like prove yourself that you can handle these sick patients and these traumas, which is cool. And like I do mm-hmm. think that you can get like a lot of fulfillment out of that yeah but this idea of like you have to be able to handle this that and the other and go to five cts and not eat or pee all day mm-hmm. that's kind of overrated it's no yeah i'm good i mean okay i will say though like if you do want to travel and whatnot like you do need that experience like as a new grad like I- you need to be taking like super sick people like at your year mark or six months mark or Four year and a half weeks. whatever or at least get into an ICU like bridge program. So like yeah. work or cross train into the ED. You know what I've been thinking recently? I've wanted to start doing ER. Dude, I've been thinking the same thing. I know. It's like, it's like, oh, let's just kick it up a notch. Cause I'm I work at my hospital in um, San Diego. I was about to say the name of the hospital. I work in like their ED holds. So I work. Mm-hmm in the ED, but I don't take the fresh, you know, traumas or anything. Also, it's not a trauma hospital, so it's not getting like fresh traumas, but I'm like, I think I'd be really good at the ER chaos. Cause I like to get lost in the sauce. Yeah, I like to, no, I like to just sure. have constant simulation. Um, 
but also I haven't worked in like a full-on ICU in a long time so I don't really know what I want truly <laughs> and something new dude you know it's so funny you say that because I feel like our personalities are very uh are just like very similar in in terms of truthfully I don't know how I'm an ICU nurse because I feel like ICU does not match my personality whatsoever but I just so happen to be like good at my job. Oh, no, I think, I think you're good at, I think you're good at it for a reason. I think you have a lot of energy and you're upbeat and I think you have a good ICU nurse radar. Like when things are like not well, or like when you need to like intervene and advocate, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I just think well okay and mainly because it's like I think my coworkers just always roast me like that's probably it too they're like you <laughs> like they'll walk by and they'll be like, you in your room so dirty and I'm like okay bro like is that really a priority right now or like, like my I'd rather go and watch us. yeah right and I'm like I'm not like I'm not like your typical like okay like um clean lines are always labeled clean room all this stuff like I'll do it at the end of my shift but I'm not gonna I don't know I guess the way I probably you're gonna do do it on your terms right yeah versus like the other 90% of the nurses that I work with are like the complete opposite of me you know yeah I mean everyone's got the so that's my biggest thing is like you don't have to be the perfect nurse you just got to be excuse me you got to be safe and you got to get tasks done um You, so you don't have to be perfect. So I think a lot of people think like when they're first starting out, like in the ICU specifically or anywhere specifically, like da, 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 it's got to be perfect. Got to every, have everything perfect. It's like at the end of the day, if your patient's safe and taken care of and your room's a mess, that's fine, you know? Yeah. Um, but if your room's perfectly clean and your patient's crashing, you don't know what you're doing. That's, that's worse, obviously. Yeah. Like you have to know when to ask for help. And like you have to, you also have to realize like nursing is a twenty four hour job. Like mm, say things, people in the back. things are gonna be left undone, and yeah. that is okay. Like so, for example, like literally a couple months ago, when I was in California, I had this patient he coded at like four a.m. or whatever. Like he went from like walkie talkie to. If you don't know what coded, coded means, that's uh, code blue. That means when your patient tries to die. <laughs> yeah his heart rate ba- his heart basically stopped we did cpr we gave him epinephrine all that jazz was he intubated, he got intubated. yeah oh, like we had, to, we, we had to do everything like like put lines in intubate him all this like everything was just very emergent so like whenever that happens there's like about 50 tasks okay not 50 i mean i'm exaggerating maybe about like 20 tasks 20 30 tasks that like need to be done so and intubation is basically where you stick a breathing tube stick you tube them you put a tube down their throat and you connect right. to the ventilator so it's mechanically ventilating them and then you sedate them so there's like a lot of things like yeah. that sorry to interrupt life support like life support is a good like thing. to educate because not everyone who yeah. listens is a nurse um but a code blue is like is obviously like the worst because the patient's heart is stopped or they're declining yeah right but yeah, so I mean, yeah, so the breathing tube, cardiac arrest, whatever, we got like a heart rate, heartbeat, whatever you want to call it. And then I just remember like I gave shift report and I was like, hey, I'm not going to lie to you. I made a list of things that need to be done like right now that I was like, look, I'm going to be here like another hour and a half, like charting on everything. I tried to do as much as I can. And she's like, oh, no, like it's fine. Like I have a warranty, like we can do it all together. And I was like, oh, perfect. 
and Lovely. so it ended up working out but like the thing is especially if like if you're new like don't be afraid to go and have unfinished tasks you know just but like but like it's a different story if like the next shift comes on and you're just like chilling on your butt like watching tiktoks and there's like a million things to be done. <laughs> you know because there's guilt is a real thing like you can feel like the guilt that you feel sometimes leaving a shift because like you left something undone or something didn't go perfectly or like you guys are setting something up with the doctor and you do something wrong like I experience nurse guilt mm-hmm. it's very real it's very real that's also like with any job though too but obviously yeah. it's a little more intense because you're dealing with life or death you know if yeah something goes wrong but and I feel like you need to be able to go home too and like I feel like I didn't learn this until I was like maybe like two years and like a year and a half no I was jaded pretty fast probably about nine months yeah but like you need to go home and just like forget about it like obviously like I feel like if you're a nurse you're gonna have a whole bunch of nurse friends and all you guys want to do is talk about work whenever you're not at work yeah and like you need like I feel like those habits you need to kind of just like snip in the butt like it's cool to talk about it for like five or ten minutes but like then just like I feel like I feel like you need to spend your three days at the hospital and then for like forget about it you know so how so I want to talk about this this is like emotionally how were do you feel like you were prepared in nursing school to handle the emotional load of like what you saw during COVID or like handling stress like I think I became really numb like during COVID and I was too stressed to like be pressed about it like I was so stressed like in doing my job like I didn't even have time to hone in on the emotional load that I was like taking on I guess yeah I think I think that's hard I mean I don't think nursing school taught you how to like I I, I know they taught us about death and all that but like unless you experience it and especially to a to an extent that I think like we did with COVID um I don't know I mean I feel like I'm not much of a crier or like an an emotional person I feel like you'll probably say different I'm different but that's okay okay. I feel like I'm not that much of an emotional person um but there were like a couple like COVID patients that like yeah like I'd come home and I'm freaking ball my eyes out dude I think because it was just like death after death after death did you see a and lot like, of young people die? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm not going to lie. This is another time in my life where I feel like I disassociated a lot of things. Um, I mean, maybe like, 50, like 40s and 50s. Like, I, I feel like I consider that young, you know? Um, like 40s and 50s. I think the youngest I had was like 18. I was like, oh, gosh. I think I had but, a, I think I had someone in their 20s from COVID Let's see and, and and yeah like and that's like rough too like it always sucked taking care of like super young people because it's like especially working like if they make it to the ICU it's like you already sort of know the outcome but like you're gonna do everything like you can you know and also everything um, during COVID was so unknown and like I remember yeah, there was a was time the there was a time like during COVID where they're like oh we're not gonna intubate and they're like no we're gonna leave them on BiPAP for as long as we can but, oh, no, we're going to intubate early. No, we're going to, was, is the vaccine, you know, I'm, I don't want to get into all that, but it's like, yeah. there was just so many variables of like, 
what's working, what's not working, dealing with family, all that. No one knew what to do. No one knew what to do. Everyone was confused, but it was like so touchy because it was like people were dying and people were, you know, I, I definitely became numb at a point where I was just like, okay, but like you can't do your job well if you are like on your hands and knees like bawling crying at every patient that is like declining um because someone's got to be the pillar someone's got to be the rock in the room you know and that's what you signed up for and you don't realize like the emotional load I think of like having to I think the hardest part for me is explaining I think taking care of a patient that's intubated and sedated, doing lines, doing labs, giving meds, titrating is the easy part. The hard part is having a family member, which is not like, it's not that I don't like this. It's just difficult to have to like do your job and also explain in a way that the average person will be able to understand while also being emotionally intelligent and having to say it in a way that's not like hey your patient's maxed on like your family members maxed on the vent maxed on pressers and it's not looking good like how do you say that then while you're stressed trying to keep the patient alive yeah I honestly like I feel like that's one of my strong points is I feel like I'm super good at talking to families in that matter and being like hey like I know this loved one like this really sucks like this is hard but here's like the truth about the situation and like you know obviously like after the doctor like sort of like explains it to him like the doctor may spend like five minutes with them but you're there with them for like 12 hours you know they don't have time but like you like you have to like explain like be like the advocate for the patient you know like I always try to look at it as if like it was me or if it was like one of my family members in that situation you know like Because I explain everything in terms of, like, okay, like, I feel like common knowledge, or maybe it's not common knowledge, but, like, the breathing tube, like, being intubated is, like, life support. But, you know, what else is life support? The freaking, the the vasopressors, like, the the medicines keeping your blood pressure up. I'm, like, that's life support, too. I'm, like, any, like, everything in that room is, like, supporting life. And I'm, like, if I were to turn this off, they would die. If I was to turn that off, like, they would die. Yeah. I feel like I just I don't know I've gotten better like explaining to families about that and like getting them like to to you know like switch their loved one over to comfort care or whatever like especially if they're like older and like if they were to code like you don't want something brutal like you want to preserve their dignity I think and just kind of yeah um, yeah that's a whole other topic I think it's important to not sugarcoat things like Mm -hmm. as a nurse because I think the worst thing you can do is be like oh my gosh the lab's getting better like this is good when the patient literally like on their last leg like I think it's very important to be kind and calm but you have to be direct because like you don't want a family member like taking what you said and being like well you said this you know yeah and like you said it in this tone so like why is this happening now you have to be super direct and like even though it may provoke like a very emotional response from the people in the room like at least you were clear and concise like I sometimes think the less things you say is better like stop don't like elaborate I mean 
things mm-hmm. like that they may not understand. Like you just need to put it in the most digestible way because they're only hearing certain things that you're saying. And like the more you talk, they're just taking, I don't know. It, should, it can be a lot for them to take in. So short and sweet. It's usually not sweet though, you know? Yeah, you yeah, yeah to be realistic. Yeah, but um, again, that's I feel like that's just a part of being in ICU. I mean, like if you work on any other floor, like you're not going to have situations like that. Yeah. So, okay, let's switch to a more like lighter note. Okay, yeah. Because that was like very... <laughs> let's, let's brighten it up, right? <laughs> let's brighten it up. So like nursing school obviously taught us how to do all the things, you know, like in the textbooks. Like what are some things that shocked you like when you got into on the floor that they didn't teach you in nursing school like i would just say that right now wouldn't care let me ask you what is the nastiest like secretion that you hate to deal with because i'll tell you mine but go ahead oh 100 throw up really dude okay and okay and like i know i know that sounds like really bad but i'm not even gonna lie like if i (laughs) you're gonna judge me so hard if I have a patient who's like actively throwing up, I will walk out. I get no. like, okay, okay, bro, okay, look, okay, but like, look, the thing is, there is nothing in that moment I can do to make you feel better. Like, it's gonna happen. It's just make like, them sit, just sit them up. <laughs> it's gonna happen. You're gonna throw up. There's nothing I can do to help you. Like, yeah. I will, like, I will go and I'll get some Zofran and I like stay outside the room and just like throw up and I'm just gonna, but like, <laughs> open your mouth. Yeah, here you go. Oh no, like it'd be IV though, usually. Yeah. Or or I might just be like, I might if I'm like work with my friend, I'll be like, hey, like, can you go get him some sofa? Because <laughs> okay. I'm like, look, if I go in there, I'm gonna throw up too. And then I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. need some Zofran. Right, yeah. I, I I don't know, I don't know what it is. I just throw up is just my thing that I even to this day, it's so funny because I gas at myself into thinking I'm like this super good nurse and I came in like be in the same room and someone's throwing up. You know what gets me is trach secretions. So if you don't know what I a feel tra- like, I feel like that's most people. It, no, I mean, a poop would probably gross people out. Poop is the least of my worries. Oh, yeah, me too. Poop is literally the easiest part of my job. Like poop, cleaning up poop. <laughs> that's like so straightforward. Wipe, wipe turn turn new chucks mm-hmm. but trach secretions that are like gurgly and wet and then if they're infected it's oh, like oh yeah Bleh. yeah I, that's a hard that's a hard one too i think trach secretions are tied with me feeding people i hate feeding people what like feeding I love, I love... people a pureed or a nectar thick diet is the worst thing i've ever done in my life I delegate that stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't delegate all the time. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, okay, like eighty percent. Sometimes if I'm in yeah, the room no. giving meds and the tray arrives, I'm like, all right, let's just take yeah, this crap. Take, <laughs> take these mashed potatoes I'm to the kidding. table, okay? <laughs> Open up. Here comes the birdie. Let me not throw up. This trash here comes the plane. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean. I think I think some of the things that shocked me was like rectal tubes really shocked me. A rectal tube is like a yeah. device that you stick in someone's booty hole that's gonna if they have like really bad diarrhea and it drains their poop into a bag. So it's honestly like super happens. cool. They, no, it honestly is. 
the weirdest thing is when you have like a really sick patient and like they're obviously really sick and they're having diarrhea for whatever reason so a reason like you put in a rectal tube obviously because you don't want to keep cleaning the patient up if they're super sick you don't want to keep turning them but when a patient mm-hmm. is constantly having diarrhea it's a big um risk for skin breakdown like around the bum around mm-hmm. the groin up the back and so when you have skin breakdown you can get a pressure injury because the patient is literally laying down in bed the whole time i mean you turn them you know, with little pillows and wedges and stuff, but it's really hard if they're constantly wet, it's a perfect time for the skin to break down and then get an ulcer. So that's why yeah. that's the reason why you do the rectal too. But remember I turned this patient and it was the craziest thing because he had the catheter in, had the booty tube in, had like chest tubes. Like it was crazy. This guy was completely like lined up, like intubated, just like A-line. Tubes everywhere. Uh-huh. Um. Dude, so yeah. I have a funny story about about rectal tubes real fast. Like, yeah. I mean, like, okay, I was a brand new nurse too. Cause I remember, I still remember this like very, very vividly. And so it like wasn't working. And I remember my preceptor, like he like was my preceptor at the time. Or no, like a few months before, I guess he was my preceptor, but he used to in service, like the rectal tubes, I guess. And um I came in there and I was like, hey, like, I need you to look at this, whatever. Like, it has been draining for like 12 hours or something. Cause, like, I just got there. You got to milk course, those like, rectal tubes. You got to milk them. Right. And I'm getting important. I'm like, dude, like, it hasn't been draining. Then, like, something's wrong. Do you not try to fix it? Like, oh, no, like, whatever. Just figure it out. And I was like, okay, cool. And then, you know, my old preceptor came and looked at it and he was like, yeah, we should probably just put a new one in. And I was like, okay, cool. And so, whatever. He's like helping me, like, turn the dude over and, I'm like, I take out all the water because I have to fill it up with water so it stays and then you take it's out like water a, it's to, like a to pull it out. It's like, yeah, a, it's like a little balloon. It's a balloon in your anus. Yes. And so and so I'm like pulling at it, trying to take it out. <laughs> and it's like not coming out, man. And he's like, oh, you just need to like pull a little bit harder. And so I'm like pulling <gasps> harder and like, it's like still like not coming out. And I'm like, dude, like I don't know what to do. Like maybe it's stuck on something. He's like, no, do you trust me? Just like, it's like be a man be a man it. and pull and so I pulled it dude and like literally I pulled it and like all the poop just like splashed back all over my scrubs Woo! dog <laughs> I wanted to leave that day and then it was like hey here's some new scrubs like that was rocky you're finishing your shift <laughs> that's what you get for being a man you get shit all over you I know right oh my gosh no I got a I had a lot of rectal tubes and it's gross. Like when they're not working appropriately, there's nothing worse uh, that when, when something that is supposed to go right goes wrong. That's like my biggest pet peeve is like when my IVs don't work, like you're supposed to work. Why aren't you working when, mm-hmm. you know, my rectal tubes don't work and like then poop will seep out of the side of the rectal tube. Uh, and then you're like, the what's the point of this? It's like, now I'm having to constantly turn and then clean around this rectal tube And a thing with a rectal tube is like, it can get clogged. So you have to like milk it, like, which is so nasty. Like if you're not a nurse and you're listening to this, you probably think we're actually, you know, senile, like so crazy. (laughs) You have to like grab your hands around it. I'm doing it in the video and you have to like milk it like you're brushing hair or something and um, to get it into the bag. I don't know. I'll cut some of this out. (laughs) What else? Oh, something else we wanted to talk about is dating as a nurse oh, oh dating, yeah dating a nurse period 
and also dating while travel nursing. And Ian had a, had a good little tip for all of our travel nurses out there. What's your tip? Don't. All right. I feel like. Don't be a hoe. The cardinal rule. Yeah, don't be a hoe. <laughs> Actually, no. Be a hoe. Ah! Just cut that part out. <laughs> um, no, I feel like the cardinal rule. I feel like as a travel nurse, is just not catch feelings. Yeah, do not, because then that means you don't, have to stay don't catch that feelings. Day. I was because... talking. I was talking to a friend of mine, and like she was saying, "Oh yeah, her boyfriend is a wildland fire- firefighter," and she goes, "When we first started dating, he took this job and didn't think he'd be in a relationship because wildland firefighting is kind of like nomadic." And I was like, "Yeah, you know what? Other job description is not good for relationships. Travel nursing, like." Mm-hmm. that is a really hard job unless you're traveling with your significant other all the people that I meet who are like wh- I'm like why'd you start travel nursing like I went through a big breakup or I got divorced or I'm single and I thought why not it's like it's a bunch of little single little floozies running around yeah. now nah, I'm just kidding there's a lot of people who are married and in happy relationships but I think for the majority it's single gals and guys just ready to see a new city and see what the dating has to offer there and get it on dude and like I think I think it's so hard especially because like I try to I try to keep it on the down low I feel like whenever I first meet someone that like I'm a travel nurse because I feel like it it has a bad rap you know yeah no like people are like well the first thing they say is like oh you make that good money and I'm like well we deserve it (laughs) first of all (laughs) it's like you even know what we do and so that's the first thing I say but then I'm like oh gosh even like dating in Hawaii like I would go on some dates here and people would be like oh well how long are you gonna stay like are you gonna leave and like in my current relationship I haven't actually ever said that on the record but he was very worried that I was like or he wasn't worried he was just very cautious when we first started talking, like, where are you going? Like, what's your plan? Because I don't want to like develop something if it's, you're just going to like hop to the next spot. And it's the nature of my job, but that's, but that's very rational. Like that's very logical way. Um, No, I agree. But now I'm, I'm in Hawaii for a while. Let's just say that. I mean, I feel like unless you meet someone who also like can travel or like works remotely, or maybe, or maybe you move to a new town and then you find the love of your life and then you grow there. I don't know. Dude, whatever. I'm freaking 26. I'm just kind of. We're just vibing. 26. Yeah. Right to the, whatever. You know, get our kicks. Yeah. I'm but any, I feel like, yeah, try not to catch feelings. And then, but like, if you're young and you're single, like, freaking do it. Like, why not? You what know? do you, what's your opinion on dating someone you work with? Shit and where you eat. I've done it before. I've done it before too. I don't care. I actually had a good experience only when we started travel nursing. People did, there was, okay. So it was funny when I was working in Houston and I was with my ex, uh, you know, you met him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, him. Um, when I was working with him, it was accepted by like half the unit. And then the other half of the unit hated it, hated it because I think they secretly wanted to be with him too. (laughs) <laughs> or just people were 
had nothing else to start drama about and they just wanted to like you know but there was a lot of people who were really supportive but when we started travel nursing and we were on our unit together people were like loved us you know yeah no one cares no one cares i just don't sleep with someone or don't be with someone who's got a girlfriend or is married please don't do that well don't do that with anyone period but yeah that causes the hospital the hospital is a small place like Mm -hmm. people don't think that your drama and shit will get around it will so if you have something that you're holding tight that you don't want anyone to know about don't tell anybody just don't okay especially coming from a guy's perspective like i'm obviously a minority in this field (laughs) and it turns out almost every woman i work with is friends with each other oh my gosh so if you're a dude just know what's it like being a a very genuine guy what's it like to be a male nurse um i mean a guy I don't know. I feel like you guys you know, are the best okay. at turns. Yeah, I feel like I feel like everyone always says like, "Oh, like," because I think whenever I was in nursing school, like I had this expectation that I would always be like doing all the heavy lifting and whatnot. Which I mean, like I like I will like obviously like if there's like a five hundred pound patient, like yeah, like I'm gonna be one of the first people to come up to. But it's it really hasn't been as bad as like I thought. Um, I like sometimes like I'll be taking care of like a female patient they're like I'm not comfortable with you doing this and I'm like okay cool like let me go like grab someone else like like at this point I'm just like it's no big deal like I get it but and then like I have some who just like don't even care um I don't know I mean I feel like there's just so many especially working in the ICU like so many dudes work in the ICU too yeah for sure Um, care a lot of dudes are yeah here like, at my last contract in Palm Springs, like, I feel like more than half our ICU was dudes. And it was nice because, like, I go to work and I feel like I'm just hanging out with all the bros, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I like, I like working with dudes. I like working with dudes. It gives, like, a nice, like, change because sometimes too many females can get catty. But I never played into the cattiness of, like, mm-hmm. the drama. I don't. I just don't do it. Like, I just don't subscribe to it. So maybe that's why I stay out of it. I mean, people try to dr- try at my first job, people were trying to drag me into drama and I'm like, I'm not about oh, it. Really? Yeah. I mean, like people constantly want to talk shit. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Or just complain. People want to complain about everything. Depends on if you're on day one out of three or three out of three and you say that. the wrong thing to the wrong person. <laughs> What's been your favorite assignment that you've been on? Oh, Arizona for sure. In Flagstaff? Yeah, but now I'm going to Phoenix, and I'm, like, super excited about that. I, I can't love wait Phoenix. To, I love Phoenix. Like, experience a new city. If anyone's in Phoenix and you're listening to this, SOS. Just kidding. <laughs> hit them up. Hit them up. <laughs> so, just to close out our little episode here, do you have any, like, advice or, you know, tips for first nurses starting off and then travel nurses? Um... Or maybe like if the same students. We can start with nursing students. I've already told my opinions and thoughts a million times what I think nursing students, advice-wise. If you fail something, it's not the end of the world. I yeah. failed literally a test in every class every semester, and I still passed. Like, study hard. 
they're you know you're you're being prepped for a test at the end of the day like to take your NCLEX and pass that and that's it and then once you get to the job the real world it's super different have a good attitude whenever you start your first job don't act like you know everything because you don't yep and that's that's like a huge thing too like don't be the nurse that says I know I know everything whatever um you'll do fine be supportive of your coworkers, listen to those who've been doing it longer and you'll be good. And then if you want to travel nurse, just apply and take a risk and do it. And it can either be the best thing you ever decided to do or the worst, but there's you only never one way to, to find out. Again. Yep. Only one way to find out. Mm-hmm. So and if yeah. you hate it, three months, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And you're done. You're done. So everyone wish Ian good luck on his next assignment while you're wishing him good luck. Wish me some good luck because the girl's still trying to find a job out here in Hawaii. It'll happen. It will happen. I, I believe that the right thing comes into your path. If anything with travel nursing and nursing or just life in general is that you can agree with this is that you just got to trust what's going to happen is going to happen and it's going to teach you something. You're going to be stronger at the end of the day for it. So Cheers. Manifest it. Cheers. Cheers. Think. All right. Well, you guys, if you like this podcast, if you like when I bring on other nurses, please let me know. I thought this was fun. Baby boy Ian has been a longtime friend of mine. I love him so dearly. So thank you for coming on, Ian. If you like this podcast, if you like me, leave us a five-star rating. You know, you know the deal. It's it's right there. <laughs> five stars. Follow me at Joseph AM Pod or ann.mariemm on IG. On TikTok, I'm annemarie.mm. I will see you guys for your next dose of AM. Mahalo. Love you. Bye.